0: Here we are again with Dig A Little Deeper and it's uh, just great
1: to be with you. Yeah, I'm super excited for today. I think it's going to be a good one. I am really excited. It's always um, a good one. It's always a it's good always one. It's always a good one. I don't know. Some of them, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow,
0: we're on a journey. You That's can be what the judge of that said.
1: out there listening.
0: We've always said we're on a journey and it's great to have you with us. And uh, one of the things that we always wanted to touch on the podcast was the concept of the cutting room floor. And that is that, you know, as preachers and teachers, we tend to do a lot of research broader than what we can actually use in any message, just so that you get a good understanding, get good context. And uh, it's interesting, but sometimes some really good stuff hits the cutting room floor, doesn't it, Levi?
1: Yeah. Like yeah. often when you're prepping, you end up down rabbit holes and it's it's quite a challenge to <laughs> make sure... You're, you're right, getting enough context but also not falling into rabbit holes.
0: Yeah, and every preacher probably knows full well the mistake of, of thinking, oh, that's too good not to say and then realising later... It really didn't add to the message. It didn't take it forward. It didn't progress people in their thinking. It was just information. Yeah,
1: or it was a distraction. It was a distraction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, and so after our Easter services, um, I was talking to Levi, and he mentioned something that he'd come across about Barabbas. Just a a thought about Barabbas, and. um, and I, actually, the moment he mentioned it to me, I thought that has got to be a podcast episode. So here we are. Yeah. And we're going to try and uh, squeeze this in a part, uh, straight after the Easter podcast. Um, so hopefully we can make this all happen this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's You're right. listening to the <laughs> freshest episode <laughs> ever. It's fresh as it's ever been. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess just in doing some of my research um, and, you know, just as we kind of looking at how we're going to present um, – the Easter story, I suppose, I started just digging into a little bit around the character of Barabbas. Um, and, and I got a bit of a broader understanding because initially my understanding, and, and I guess this is correct, but how I'd already s- always seen the story of Barabbas is, and this is my, my paraphrase of how I'd always seen it, Jesus is there, there's some random murderer Beside him, and and even you see movies like The Passion of Christ, where he's he's portrayed as oh, he looks like a demon, a wild man, like he just
0: looks just like a crazy. He looks like Charles Manson, yeah, uh, in a Jewish context. He looks like the kind of guy that would
1: murder you in a back street. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of how I always saw it. Like he's this random murderer, and then it was always quite strange because it was like, well, why? How could the Pharisees get the people to choose? This murderer over Jesus, like a well-known criminal, um, and then even I guess and maybe it's uh, helpful to add some context to this. I always kind of had pictured as well. It's everyone in the city of Jerusalem's there saying, "Free Barabbas, free Barabbas!" You know, the mm-hmm. people who just walked in mm-hmm. shouting "Hosanna" would now just had a flip flip of heart in the yeah, last couple yeah. of days. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, and probably not so much. So it was probably more a concentrated group that the. The political rulers and Jewish rulers, both religious and political, had sort of got before Pilate to sledge sledge Pilate basically. So I think you've got a really loaded crowd, most likely, um, and there could have been some, you know, that rambivalent in, in, at Jesus' triumphant entry a few days previously, um, who you know who backflipped. Um, but, but probably the, not the majority. Not the majority. It's, it's not, I mean, it's often said that way. Hey, the crowd that was shouting Hosanna one day were crucifying him, shouting crucify him the next. And it's it's a great leadership application because any leader who's led anything has sort of probably been in that boat where one day people love you, the next they're after your blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's probably not that cut and dried. It probably was a weighted crowd. Um, as you said, you know, Barabbas... Uh, and, and I guess we'll look at Scripture and build a bit of a profile on him, but he was known, mm. um, and they. it does seem odd that they end up wanting him released.
1: Yeah, and, and I guess that's the surface-level reading of it, which is, I guess, not incorrect, that it is just as simple as you've got the guilty Barabbas and the innocent Jesus.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, I think when you think about the images that we've just talked about that have been put into popular culture, et cetera, it does make the point. I mean, I do think the first application is the guilty goes free while the innocent is punished, takes their punishment. Hmm. Um I, I think it is that simple and the, the, I think you know the whole spotless lamb. Yeah, spotless you know. lamb for the for the guilty sinner. And obviously, the more guilty, the more broken, the more fiendish that that, that person is portrayed, it, it, exa- it, it accentuates this incredible exchange of the guilty for the innocent. And we do know in the first application, that's us, mm, yeah. that you know, we, we um broken and lost in sin and Jesus
1: willingly took our pain upon himself. Yeah. so that we could walk free. And I guess the story makes a lot more sense when you see that actually I'm Barabbas. Like, yeah, I am Barabbas.
0: Barabbas. Like we just had the episode when we talked about uh, Thursday night on our Easter podcast where everyone at the table said, is it I? Like Mm. everyone was prepared to entertain the thought that they could be the bad guy in the story. Who's going to betray you, Jesus? Is it I? Yeah. Um, And I think right here is another one of those examples where we see ourselves clearly in Scripture. Mm. I'm the guilty one. Um, I might not be a murderer. I might not look as wild and crazy as Mel Gibson's character yeah. on the in the Passion, but I recognise that icon. He's an icon in the sense of that's something I relate to. I see myself in the metaphor. Mm. I am the guilty criminal.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm the one deserving of death, but actually, an innocent man is exchanged for my for me his life for my life, mm. and that's the gospel story.
1: Yeah. And I guess even as, as you just start to dig into Barabbas a little bit, even looking at the meaning of his name, that kind of rings even truer.
0: Yeah, Well, I, I think that's really interesting because, I mean, we want to dig a little bit deeper and... Um, Bar, of course, Barabbas. So two words, Bar, which we understand means son of. So, for example, Jesus, when Peter confesses Jesus is the Christ, um, Jesus says to him, I'm I'm going to call you Peter. I'm going to call you a stone, a rock. Um, But he says to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon son of Jonah. So some translations actually put Simon son Son of of Jonah rather than Bar-Jonah. And so Ba means son, and, of course, we're very familiar with the term Abbas or Abba. So the second half of his name means father, and Jesus taught us to pray pray this way. This is the way Jesus actually, you know, spoke, Abba, Father. Mm. And so it was a term of endearment for your father. And so we have here, in one sense, it's like son of the father.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you see this incredible irony that's even deeper than the surface. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's the guilty for the innocent, but it's, it's, it's also, you know, one son of God exchanged for another. Mm. One son of God, the true son of God, the only begotten son of God, lays his life down so that we could be sons of God released. Yeah. So sons of God's in captivity. Released to be sons of God's in freedom, uh, sons of God in freedom, um, and we talked a little bit about this even with the harrowing of hell or the plundering of hell, Easter Saturday. Um, where Jesus descended and preached to the spirits in prison, even those who were disobedient. Mm. So there's just all this metaphor, all this picture, and all this history rolled in in that sense that the- these are real stories. We're not just talking metaphor, yeah, yeah. but the metaphor is powerful, uh, that this guilty, guilty man, his life was exchanged and rescued by a innocent man, mm. Um you know laying his down. And so yeah, that's that's pretty cool and it's certainly the first application for Barabbas.
1: Yeah, and then I guess this is where maybe we build a bit of a profile of Barabbas. So it mentioned in all four gospels. Mm. Um, which is probably that's, somewhat that's significant unusual. in yeah, itself that's, that it's in all there's four.
0: There's not too many events that are in all four like a lot most of the key events are in the first three the synoptics and they do they synchronize. So that's mm. that's really what they are. Uh, John, of course, uses a totally different style of literary device and different language. His gospel's written very, very differently, and it's a it's a bit transcendent and spiritual in a sense, um, mm. in some ways. But we find this very raw story. It's is it's only brief, but there's he's mentioned yeah. there very very simply at the end where. Um, the crowd just simply cries out for Barabbas. We're not told anything except that Barabbas is a robber. Yeah. He says he's a robber, so it's very brief. Yeah. But the other three all add, we build a composite picture. Yeah,
1: they add layer by layer. So mm. I guess Matthew being kind of maybe the the base layer, I could say. Yeah, that yeah. It, so um, it kind of says, are we going to read the scripture? I guess we should.
0: Yeah, or we'll pick out the words, um, whatever you want to do.
1: It's a, it essentially says this. Matthew 27, f- starting in verse 15, now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. Verse 16, at that time they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas.
0: Yeah. and uh, so It uh, doesn't
1: give us a lot.
0: It doesn't give us a lot. I mean, the NIV has sort of dulled that down to my way of thinking King James, New King James puts it as notorious. Okay, yeah. And I think that says something, like even just that word usage. Hmm. Um, So without going back to original language, it's, it's obvious he's known. Yeah, yeah. That's what you could say, like notorious or not. What was the phrasing of the
1: It It says NIV? in the NIV it's well-known.
0: Well-known, yeah, um, yeah. So the King James sort of gives this thought of well-known for all the wrong reasons, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And then you move on to Mark. Yeah. Um, there was one named Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Um, so that really does add a couple of layers there mm. that, you know, he's – You know, he's not only notorious, a notorious criminal, he's actually in there for a specific reason. It's mentioned that there's other rebels with him and that he's in there for rebellion. So here we're talking about fighting against authority and most likely Roman authority. That's why he's there. Yeah. So he has risen up, risen in some way, lifted his hand, most likely against Rome someone's gotten killed in the middle of all that and here he is awaiting execution.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean it also adds to and this is maybe reading into a little bit but it says he's amongst others but it also says that he's well known. So you would assume that he's got some, <laughs> you know, he he stands out amongst w- without the rest. doubt
0: and I think that's why pilot ends up, you know, picking him. Hmm. Um although the accounts are sort of a little bit sort of vague there, whether the people just yelled his name out because they knew Pilate was holding him um, or whether Pilate literally, you know, one of the Gospels makes it looks like he brings him forward and presents him. So whichever way it went, he was definitely a first among equals. Mm, Like he was the known one. Yeah. yeah. Um, And actually Luke sort of probably goes on to give us a bit of insight into that as well.
1: But already that pitch is starting to shift a little bit from he's just some random oh definitely dishevelled, banded country warrior Cra- kind of crazy, crazy man. man,
0: crazy man that murdered someone for a murdered of someone gold. in their house or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So
1: actually he's been involved in this rebellion against the authority of Rome. Yeah, which I mean maybe you can colour this in a little bit, but like that was not. Like that was a pretty commonplace thing. Obviously, if you get a bit of the context around Rome's kind of, you know, taken over and and created the government and are really holding the people of Israel, you know, at the tip of a spear. Yeah. Um, it wasn't uncommon for people who were so zealous about their faith, their religion, their culture, to actually stand up and say, we're not having this. Uh, We want our freedom.
0: Yeah. Well, we've got to understand, like, often we think the crucifixion stands out as this lone murder in history of an innocent man, whereas, um, you know, there was one uprising, and I I, I think we've mentioned it on an earlier podcast, but I can't remember the dates now or, or the governor that did it, but one of the Roman – it was one of the Roman generals that put down an uprising and he crucified 2,000 Jews in one day. Mm, yeah. 2,000 people screaming out on crosses, you yeah. know, that lined the main main street into the city.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, you know, it, it was more common. There was rebellion. There was people. There was a sense – This whole political climate is absolutely supercharged. One of the ways I've often looked at it or tried to get a feel for it is, um, you know, we're more familiar maybe with World War II, Nazi Germany, say occupied France, or yeah. um, you know, yeah, where the government, again, I thought that was a very apt term, at the tip of a spear or at the point of the gun, you know, the barrel of the gun, the government is trying to maintain some sort of order. They have incredible pressure from their Nazi captors and oppressors and then you've got like the resistance movement and they're the mm. heroes of the people and yeah, they're, yeah. they're blowing up trains and they're whatever they're doing to try and disrupt the Nazi war, mm. war machine and that's what you have in Jesus day in, in Israel you've got groups of people now they've been violently put down like people have been but it kept happening and it kept happening after Jesus As well. Yeah. Um, You know, into the second and third century, where there were big uprisings, and, you know, Masada is one of those. And then when they eventually
1: go on and destroy Jerusalem. Yeah. In
0: 70 AD, it causes the whole house to come down on top of their head, which Jesus prophesied was going to happen. And that's why he comes in saying, like, put your sword down. If you live by the sword, you'll die by the Mm. sword. And he could see that they weren't going to let go of this political. Um, you know, the redemptive violence myth in a sense. They were going to pursue that and it was going to bring the house down on top of their heads, which it did in 70 AD.
1: And I guess that's what we're starting to see now as we look at Barabbas. It's a very different picture where at least you could assume to some parts of the people that were there, he was potentially somewhat of a hero. Yeah. He's risked his life to try and bring freedom to you know, an enslaved people. It it,
0: it appears that way. I mean, I'd have to, I think we'd both have to probably read in a bit deeper to make sure that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't more of a civil case. But I doubt it. Um, Not, you know, think about this. Even Jesus had a zealot in his Mm. disciples. Simon the zealot is mentioned in Jesus' disciples. So even Jesus had one of these highly politically motivated people that would be willing to raise the sword against Rome and all of Jesus' disciples till the very end. You know, one of the last things exchanges is, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And that loaded question to Jesus is definitely like, Is this when you become our new king? Mm. They're not thinking crucifixion right up on literally the night of his arrest. They're not thinking crucifixion. they in the garden. They try and free him by force. Mm. And he's like, don't you think I could actually lean on heaven for this? Yeah. I could call 10 legion of angels or whatever. And, you know, we could be home free, but that is not my purpose. Mm. So people were not seeing the kingdom that he had. He has to say to Pilate, you rightly say I'm a king. Yeah. And then he says, but my kingdom's not of this world. Yeah, yeah, You know, so it's like people were just getting Jesus wrong. The environment is supercharged, mm. even outside of Jesus's scope of influence. Within his scope of influence, he's brought people in who are involved in that. The whole tone of the community is that. And then you have these people potentially, Brabus, potentially could have been seen. As a hero, as a stand up guy, as the guy that's gonna.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's a point maybe I wanted to bring where we're looking, maybe digging slightly differently into here. Mm -hmm. That rather than just the crowd choosing a random criminal who, you know, in which it's nonsensical, Mm -hmm. obviously the Pharisees are pushing this decision to choose Barabbas. And Mm -hmm. I thought, how could they motivate? People would be like, yeah, just choose this murderer. Yeah, yeah this let this murderer
0: nothing. go and he can stab me tonight. But then if you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But if you <laughs> kind of
1: start to draw the picture of here's Jesus who's come in saying he's your king, mm-hmm. he's done nothing to set you free from Roman oppression. And here's Barabbas, at least he was willing, he's risked his life. There you go. To bring us freedom. And he's risked his life to whatever. And I'm not, you know, potentially that's not what they said. But you start to get this picture of the crowd choosing. How they would like, you know, God's things will. To unfold. How yeah, yeah. they would like their their things to unfold mm-hmm. versus what God was actually really trying to do through Jesus, which was the complete opposite. My yeah. kingdom's not of this world. That I'm not going to um, perpetuate violence with violence. I'm going to be the wrath-absorbing sacrifice. sacrifice I'm going yeah, to absorb yeah. violence. This mm-hmm. is this is what my kingdom looks like. Where it almost seems like the people are choosing, but we want it to look like. We want our king to look more yeah. like Barabbas. Yeah, yeah.
0: Give us our old kingdom back. Hmm. Um, yeah, and they were looking for the son of David. They were looking for another warrior, you know, that would come out of obscurity, that would would raise up the kingdom like it had they had in the glory days. Yeah. All of those things. And 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 potentially Barabbas looked a
1: lot more like that than than Jesus did.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, right through Jesus' ministry, you can see why people thought it could be him. Mm. You know, the way he was able to provide, the way he was able to heal, the way he was, you know, that he was able to speak, the way he was able to um, argue and get his point across. It was like, this guy is unbelievable. But I guess when you think about it, when it comes to, oh, wow, now the Romans have got him. Mm. And then you look at this Barabbas who's, you know, obviously willing to kill, is a leader, is notorious, is known among the people, known among the rebels. He's led a rebel army in some sense or a rebel mob at the very least. You could see why the people would go, oh, I think we'd put my money on that horse.
1: Mm. If we yeah. want
0: the kingdom next week, it ain't going to come through gentle Jesus meek and mild mm. who heals people. It's gonna come through someone who's prepared to raise the sword against Rome.
1: And, and so this is maybe where I was able to finally see myself in the story as as the crowd. Which I hadn't been able to do. I just I thought it just seemed so obvious. It was almost like the crowd must have been drunk. Or like yeah, maybe yeah. the Pharisees spiked their drinks or there was something going on that gave them money to yell out Barabbas. Yeah. Mm. But then as soon as I see a choice between God's will and God's way and God's timing and Jesus, and then maybe actually my timing and my way and what, how I want it to happen, I start to see myself looking a little bit like the crowd sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, that's really, really powerful.
1: Where so- sometimes Jesus' timing doesn't line up with my timing. Like, mm. I want it now. Mm. I want the finance now. I How want. How often are we like that? Yeah, I yeah. want the breakthrough now. I yeah. want that relationship now rather than trusting, hang on, Jesus is working at something better. Yeah. Or uh, I want it my way. You know, I want it. Um, I want to achieve it the way that I want to achieve it. I want that promotion maybe within church circles now and mm. I want it the yeah. way I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, or even where I can buy into that myth of redemptive violence where. It seems really good when the people who wronged you get it.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it, and it actually yeah.
1: feels good when someone who was who was nasty to you has a fall.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so look, digging deeper and looking at it that way, I, I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, I, I I've never seen that before until you mentioned it, and I think what you see. Is just another application which we should always be looking for four or five applications in yeah. every passage.
1: And this is not replacing the original application. Not at all. at all. Not
0: at all. I think what you can see is definitely the exchange of the the innocent for the guilty or the guilty for the innocent. Um, and then you see this also this um, conflicting ways of operating. So God has a way of redeeming the world. It is. It is self-emptying love, so it's kenosis, it's self-sacrifice, it's absorbing the wrath, it's taking the pain and the brokenness upon yourself, not blaming the other party, Hmm. but instead paying for their guilt, being prepared to be the guilty party just for the sake of restoration. All of these things that are so not the way we as people tend to see the world or want to do it. Mm. So you've got the contrast of this self-giving love as opposed to rise up with a clenched fist and make my will happen. I will have my way,
1: mm.
0: you know. And God's way seems so passive. God's way seems benign. God's way seems impotent Yeah. in that moment. If you think about it, in the courtyard of Pilate's palace, you know, or outside the praet- praetorium, wherever they were but you you would think gentle jesus the healer and the teacher as opposed to this this rough guy that's prepared to wield a sword who are you going to choose to get your will yeah Get your will done. I want it done my way and I want it done quickly. I want it in my timing. Mm. And so there is, there's this, so these contrasts, the guilty for the innocent, God's way versus our way, God's covenant versus man's covenant, God's effort versus man's effort in Mm. a sense, like the way God does things versus the way man does things. There's just so many parallels here. And as you say, it then has these really practical applications for our life because we could be like... How does that relate to 2023 in modern Australia or Colombia or Japan or wherever you're listening, Taipei, mm. wherever you're listening from? Um, oh no, it's actually very, very relevant because we do this all the time. We scream for Barabbas, yeah. Every time we go, oh, I've got this sort of sense of conviction that God might want me to do it this way, but actually I think this is going to get me my result quicker, so I'm probably going to go that way. Yeah. So every time we give in to lust, every time we give in to greed, every time we give in to um, whatever, you know, yeah. name your poison.
1: We're um, actually shouting Barabbas. We're Barabbas. shouting Barabbas.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we're actually the ones going, we're the crowd, go and release him. Yeah. I want Barabbas and yeah. um Yeah, wow. And I mean, I see the, we've all probably seen in a past, on a pastoral level, the pain that that brings, Mm. you know, so the young person who will throw away their convictions that they, you know, developed as maybe a, a young person and then they, you know, find someone in a relationship who might not have the same value system as them and they throw away their convictions to sleep with them prematurely too early in the relationship. it ends up a difficult relationship. Well, you've got Barabbas mm, yeah you wanted Barabbas now you've got him yeah and and it is in those moments of decision where it's like, oh man, this is really hard. I'm really really tempted. yes, yeah. it was really, really tempting for the crowd too. Uh,
1: and and <laughs> yeah or the or the person who's involved in business who you know gets so busy and so involved with it that there's that choice between should I be at home with my family or should I be here building this business? Yeah, yeah. And part of you screaming, I should go and be with my family yeah. or not even building a business, just working. Yeah. And the yeah. other part saying, actually, I like I need to get this done. I yeah. need to work here. I need to yeah. achieve this.
0: Yeah. Same with money. You know, the whole... um. I think, you know, even just the concept of the tithe, whether you agree with it on this podcast or not. I mean, obviously we're, we're fully convicted and convinced, but, you know, generosity is without a doubt a principle of Scripture. You can just can't argue mm. that. And, and one of the reasons I love the tithe is it is this sense of trust that I'll do it God's way, mm. that I will actually believe that he can make 90% go further then I can make a hundred percent, and and that literally is the choice. It's mm-hmm. like, do you want to do you want a hundred percent access to your resources and don't hold anything back? Even though I would argue that right from the garden there was something God withheld. Mm. There's something in everything God gives us that's not ours. Yeah. Whether it's a tree in the garden, whether it's Abraham returning with the spoils of war, pre the law, mm. quote unquote, and tithing to this this you know, Melchizedek, this this um mystical figure, you know, which is probably a theophany of Christ, a pre incarnate appearance of Christ, tithing to him before the law, or whether mm. that's it's written in the law, mm. or whether it's the simplest mention of Jesus in Matthew 2023, 20, mm. you know, that you you should do the weightier matters of the law like mercy and justice, but don't neglect the tithe, yeah. so all of these things to me, it's always been presented with this option: Are you gonna trust God with your resource mm. or not? Yeah, and you can either scream Barabbas, you know, you can go down the the wealth creation thing, blah 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 mm. blah. And I'm not saying any of that's bad, and I think it's wise to plan.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But there's always this: Are you gonna are you gonna entertain Jesus' way? Yeah, or are you just gonna scream Barabbas again because you want what you want? And yeah. you think you can get it the quickest way this way,
1: and it comes I, even. I mean, in in the workplace, even just in ethics, like I could um, I could cut these corners to achieve this goal faster. Mm. But there's something about it that just doesn't agree with my conscience. Like yeah, I just feel yeah. like you know, should I tell that person that this we're not going to be able to produce their their product in time? Yeah, or should yeah. I string them along and let them think that let we them can. think that we can yeah. when inside that's screaming, hang on, that's just not how that's not how I should be operating yeah, yeah. That's, it's violating my, I, my my core ethic maybe I,
0: I think that you've just uncovered like a really key thought that has really transcended over every every decision we're faced with when you think about it, and I've never thought about this passage this way, so and I hadn't even when we started the podcast. Like yeah. this has developed as we've gone. Um, but, you know, every choice is that. Every choice is a choice between Jesus and Barabbas. Yeah. Every choice is a choice between the spirit of the age and the spirit of God. Mm. Every choice is a choice between the flesh and the spirit. Yeah. Every choice, you know, like we, you know, not maybe not what you have for breakfast. I'm not being silly, but yeah. when we come to these. In
1: some regards, though, like, I mean, as far as like, are you going to have, you know, 17 strips of bacon and 15 eggs? Well, yeah, that or, can be, you know. yeah, that,
0: that's that's just dumb. Yeah. But but you know what I mean? It's like whenever we're at that crossroads and it's like there, there is actually a higher path here that God might be calling me to. Mm. Then there's always the low path that seems to get there quicker. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're tempted. And and what are we going to shout? We're going to shout Jesus, or we're going to shout Barabbas? Mm,
1: yeah. You just and it's again, it's everywhere. It's mm-hmm.
0: it's. Now that I'm seeing it, I can't yeah. unsee it. It's, I, in, I, I it's in.
1: I just sold a car, and it's in realizing oh, there was a bit of grease underneath on the diff. I could just, I could, I could pressure clean that off, so it didn't look like there was some oil leaking there. Yeah and just let them find that out later on like yep. it's in those little yeah
0: it is when it
1: and sometimes i don't know sometimes you just things don't you don't think about things so don't yeah. think back to when you did that oh i'm so guilty <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. but it's
1: like when you intentionally v- That's violate
0: it. that that your conscience yeah yeah when you intentionally violate your conscience and you've just got the sense that god might just have another way um, you know you can even do it in the most innocent ways If I think of church life and wanting to get results, Mm. you could just be tempted to do it a particular way. um, And it might not even be unethical or Mm. anything. It just might be you're not prepared to do the long route. Yeah. You know, I think in church life sometimes, and we're getting a bit off track, so I'll I'll come back to the core real quick. But, you know, even just like it can be so much easier to develop leaders than it is to develop disciples. Right. Right. But I'm now convicted that if you develop disciples, you will get leaders Mm. because people who've been discipled well tend to be self-giving, have the qualities of leadership and want to pass on what they've been given. Mm. Whereas I have seen that you can put people in a room and do a leadership book and you can develop leaders, but it doesn't mean they've necessarily got a disciple's heart. So it's like, to me, I even see it in that: is Am I going to cry Jesus or am I going to cry Barabbas? Because one way – gets you leaders that we always desperately need mm. every church that's doing something needs leaders um you know but there's one way to do it that's maybe a little bit spirit of the age and yeah. there's one way that's spirit of Christ
1: mm.
0: yeah so you know just trying to put it on a even yeah, a yeah. more um uh, you know, away from the biggie, big ethical questions, back to just hearing from the spirit of God and determined to do it at God, being determined to do it God's way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the prompt to be generous to that person or, or whatever it is, and it, it is funny how Jesus way. Yeah, I know, I feel like at least initially it never seems to seem like the easier or the faster or the mm. like. So often it's the it's the long game. It's the process. Yeah. It's the difficult choice that looks like I'm taking a step back now, yeah, which is actually going to set me up for my future better. And that's the other thing, right? The seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you.
0: Oh, And look, I, I guess I've now got the benefit of decades of seeing that work. Hmm. So I, I find it now I'm not as concerned about the long road because I've seen it work out so many times now, yeah, yeah, and I've I've also seen the short road not work both in my life and in the lives of others, mm. and it's like, yeah, you no, know, I'm I'm as much as it might seem like you're sacrificing, you ain't. I yeah. guarantee you, you yeah. you it might look like a sacrifice, but it's actually a setup.
1: It's like, a setup. Yeah, setting it's, yourself up. You, yeah. you
0: set yourself up for blessing when you prefer Christ. When when you know you cry out for Christ. And when you cry out for the spirit of this age, when you cry out Barabbas, you're setting yourself up for failure. And if you look at it, when, where we could probably land this is ultimately that's what happened. Mm. The people chose Barabbas. Israel as a nation continued down the track with the myth of redemptive violence, culminating in 70 A.D., when Titus came in, the Emperor Titus came in, and our general, sorry, Titus, and crushed Jerusalem, mm. crushed the rebellion, and tore every stone from stone, and threw people off the off the Temple Mount and off the walls of the Temple, and totally destroyed. Yeah, you know Israel's identity in that sense. Did everything he could to erase it, mm. and Jesus had prophesied it. Yeah. that they, that this is what would happen their people will be crying out for the rocks for the ground to swallow them up mm. and it wasn't Jesus when we're talking prophecy it wasn't Jesus prophesying that into existence it was Jesus seeing this is where this the is the path heading. they were on mm. and if they did not you know take a different route if they couldn't learn to turn the other cheek if they couldn't learn to sheathe the sword mm then disaster would come upon them all. Yeah. And it, it's exactly what happened in 70 AD. And
1: again, not not because of God's judgment. It
0: wasn't, no, it wasn't and, God's judgment. It was Rome's judgment. Yeah, and I just think <laughs> it, was it's the, just, it was the yeah. wages of sin. Yeah. We reject God's way and mm-hmm. so the world will have its way. So either Christ is at work or Barabbas is at work. Yeah. Your choice.
1: And, and I just love that that's the heart of God is that when I that his heart is not, again, it's not restriction, it's not judgment and punishment. His heart, when he sets boundaries around things, is simply, I know where this ends. Mm-hmm. This ends in pain, yeah, that don't engage the spirit of this age. Don't engage just this is what culture's doing. Be so determined to seek after God's heart and what he has for you because ultimately that is the best for you. All right. G'day. It's Sheeran here. If you
0: enjoyed this episode, put it on in a USB, wrap it in a piece of paper, attach it to your nearest raven and send it to your nearest friends, family, a complete stranger. Until next week, go and enjoy life, work hard, share memes around, love God and love people. Catch you later. I'm trying to get that podcasty voice. voice. Oh. <laughs>